Welcome to the HR Like a Boss podcast. I'm your host, John Bernadovich. Thank you so much for listening. Please consider liking, commenting, subscribing, and sharing with a friend. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals with the hope to find out what it takes to do HR like a boss. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest, Chris Schmidt. Chris is the Vice President of Strategic Partnerships at the National Association of Manufacturers. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. You got it. So I know the reason why we asked you to be on the show may be a surprise to many that are listening into the podcast because you're the, uh, the first guest that we'll have that is, has been positively impacted by someone doing HR Like a Boss, uh, Miss Lauren Rudman. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were able to connect through, through her. So if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about your relationship with Lauren and how you, how you met her as well as uh, some of the stuff you're doing at your current job. Absolutely. So I was privileged to work with Lauren for a little over five years uh, at a company called Erico, headquartered here in Northeast Ohio, uh, that became Pentair. So I got to work with her as an HR lead at a $600 million manufacturer that was really growing around the world and seeing Lauren as a uh, really a plant HR person uh, at the start of our careers there. And then really to see her develop into a global HR resource for uh, Pentair, which is an $8 billion company uh, during the, the last few years that we were together at, uh, at uh, Pentair. So we've, we've both moved on since then, but uh, she really became a, a good friend and a confidant during our time uh, at, uh, at those two organizations, really the same organization, because we never left our, our offices we were in before. But uh, it was really great to get to know her and get to see her impact, not only on me, but on the organization as a whole. Awesome. Yeah, no, Lauren's, Lauren's one of a kind, super special, and I'm so thankful to have had her participate in a previous podcast, as well as she'll be highlighted in the book, and uh, uh, may, maybe your story will as well, based upon uh, some of the positive impact that HR professionals have had on uh, business leaders. Uh, that's kind of the culmination of the final chapter of the book is, okay, if you do this amazingly awesome job at HR, you can impact people's lives in a very positive way, but um, before we get into the specifics of your relationship and the work that Lauren was doing, would you mind telling me from a business perspective, how would you describe the purpose of human resources? Absolutely. I, I really think about HR as the, the, the chief people officers, right? You see that title sometimes in, in Silicon Valley tech companies, and I think it really says something about what HR is supposed to be. I think the traditional view of HR is really the, oh, they're the paperwork folks. They're the folks who you go to when you get in trouble. Uh, when in reality, they're the folks who build a culture of an organization. They're, they're behind hiring the right people. They're behind the, uh, the ideas um, that form the foundation of what ultimately uh, becomes the, the ethos of an organization. Um, and so, and often, I think that really starts in the first interaction. Uh, often they're the very first person you talk to on a screener call is someone from from human resources. Uh, the very first face you see when you come in from an interview is somebody from human resources. Um, and so there is such a awesome opportunity for people that are doing it the right way, HR like a boss, uh, to be able to interact uh, with candidates all the way through people's careers. And my favorite is when HR, the people that uh, shake the hands of the retirees that have had 50 years in an organization coming across the stage, because they've come to know um, the folks in that office really as the confidants in the in the organization, but also the really the, the emotional center of so much of what's going on uh, within a plant or within a company. Yeah, so well said. It's kind of the, uh, 
the uh, first impressioners is a very unique way to describe someone in human resources. And uh, I appreciate that uh, focus on culture and, and the impact they can make. So let's talk about impact. So, so I know you worked with uh, Lauren at Erico and Penair, and you saw her grow into, as you described it, a global HR resource, as opposed to more of a, a plant HR uh, support professional. So how do you think Lauren viewed her role and responsibility uh, when working together and, and in a way that was maybe different than you had viewed from other HR professionals? Sure. Um, I, I do think that uh, sometimes HR gets the, the bad rap of uh, they're almost, it, it's the Toby in the office, right? It's somebody who is above, above and outside uh, the organization as a whole. And Lauren is just the opposite of that. She, uh, as my grandparents would say, never met a stranger. Um, and I mean that in the most uh, sincere and appreciative way possible. In the fact that I, uh, me being a professional in uh, the organization, she would interact with me the same way she would interact with somebody who was a temp, uh, who was a working uh, for an hourly wage on the line. Um, she got to know people. She got to know their kids. She got to know the stories of their community. She got to know what it was that made them tick beyond getting a paycheck. And so that ability to, um, lower is the wrong word, but that ability to meet everyone on their level, um, that she was never afraid to get, uh, get down where someone was, uh, to rise up to the executive level when she needed to, to, to interact with somebody. Um, that ability to be a, um, the phrase I like is cultural chameleon, that she was just as comfortable with somebody in the lunchroom talking about uh, what's going on with their their grandkids at home as she was presenting in the boardroom, and that says a lot about her as a as a person, but also as the the attitude that really carries the day for people that are are doing HR right. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Do you think uh, in that respect, you, you there, there's a uh, component or saying in HR that there's a real push to put the human back in human resources, where you'd mentioned earlier there's a, a focus on uh, compliance related matters or paperwork that needs to be completed or oh I'm in trouble so HR shows up but then there's an element here of uh, Lauren in your case getting to know people on a personal level about their children their grandchildren and have, have never met a stranger I, I love that comment did you see anything in particular in that ability to build those relationships that that how that impacted employees was there an experience you remember either personally or with others that that Lauren's uh, approach to human resources really touch someone in a positive way. Sure. It's a, it's a different level of trust. And I think that's ultimately what it comes back to. Of course, the paperwork is always going to be important. Getting people hired for and getting them trained up for their first day on the job, that's always going to be important. And so not to downplay that. But when, uh, when chaos comes along, when crisis comes along, I'll tell you, coming from Erico, which $600 million company. Um, I actually woke up uh, in Mexico City the day that they announced that we were selling the organization. Uh, and so being uh, 3,000 miles away from home and having no concept of what was going on, my first phone call was to Lauren. Uh, and it wasn't her as the HR representative. It was her as somebody that I trusted within the backbone of the organization to say, is everything okay? Uh, and her first immediate thought when she when she picked up the phone, I remember she said something to the extent of, um, don't worry, it'll all be fine. And that was just such a reassuring pat on the back from 3,000 miles away. So that's how it impacted me. But going through that transition, people that had worked for Erico, which was founded in 1903, was a 115-year-old company when we were purchased. Um, a lot of people had been there for 20 and 30 and 40 years. And she had that same steady hand on the wheel attitude and the same that same focus with everybody in the organization. And uh, her and people like her really made that transition possible. 
because you're taking a small company culture and slamming it into a big uh, New York uh, Wall Street traded organization, um, big culture shock, no, no doubt about it. Uh, and that transition was possible, though, because of, of people like Lauren who were willing to, uh, to, to utilize that trust, to leverage some of those points that they had built up with people over the years uh, to say, you can trust me, I've got your back on this. And that was just uh, such, a great, uh, such a great way to experience a very emotional time in everyone's lives and careers, uh, but also feeling like you had, uh, you had a friend who uh, had their eye on the ball. Yeah, no, that's really interesting to share that because that trustworthiness is such a important part. And I think sometimes one of the main complaints that the general population will make about HR is that they're representing the company and uh, they, they, aren't, they aren't supporting the employees. And so there's this kind of disconnect that exists. So being able to create that trust, especially in an acquisition, right, the, the yep. Erico Pentair transition, I'm curious, uh, as a result of a business outcome that you saw in that transition, because cult cultural impact is probably one of the most unique, how do I say, um, it, it, it's, it's a cog in the wheel of a, a big cog in the wheel in an acquisition. So if you have one culture versus another, and then those clash in the midst, you could have some challenges. So were there any business outcomes that you saw from Lauren's amazingly awesome HR abilities? Sure. Uh, certainly a very different culture. I mean, going to an organization that was 10x or more our size, um, it was difficult. And a lot of it was uh, based upon this almost family feeling of what Erica was to this very corporate feeling of what Pentair was. Um, I'll tell you that Laura and I got to work together on something that Pentair called uh, culture training. Um, Really, that was a focus on uh, the values that make an organization tick. What's important about uh, about where they're at? Actually, I've got my my plaque right here. It still has my Pentair values that I got from our, our training: customer first, accountability, innovation, integrity, respect, teamwork, positive energy. So, Lauren and I were selected from our facility and from Erico to go through a a training course um, around those values and really how to impart back to our coworkers. Uh, what was going to be important. At first, I was suspicious. And I think Lauren was suspicious. It's the, well, come take a course and then go back and tell everybody how great we are. Well, that really wasn't the case. It was much more of a, uh, come in and let's, let's learn to talk about some of the leadership skills. Let's turn to, learn to talk about some of the organizational transitions that are important to an organization at all, not to Pentair. Let's talk about how do we become a world-class organization. And so I love that experience. Lauren and I got to travel together several times to uh, different locations around the, around the country to, to do the training. Um, Pinsair was insistent that everybody within their 30,000 person ecosystem go through that same training. And so us learning to become culture facilitators and cultural leaders in that respect allowed us to interact with people on the professional and the hourly side that everyone was having the same sort of experience. Again, I'll go back to the leveraging the trust that you built up. Uh, we were only able to pull that off. We were only able to uh, to be successful with the folks uh, from the plant and the folks from the organization as a whole um, because they trusted Lauren as someone that they knew that they could rely on as a resource, but also somebody who wasn't going to come in and blow smoke at them. And that was that was so important. Is the Lauren is one of the most uh, critically honest people I've met. Uh, and again, in such a positive way, it's the, she's never going to pull bunches. She's going to tell you how she feels. She's going to tell you where you stand. Um, and I love that about her. 
um, mainly because she liked me. So that helps. But no, I, I, <laughs> I love working with Lauren because she would never sugarcoat bad news. Um, and she would never take, uh, take somebody around the barn when she's trying to get something out of it. That, that honestly, and the integrity, along with the, uh, the educational, the training that was provided by this Pantera culture training system that we worked on, um, allowed us to go in and stand up with a lot of credibility in front of groups of 20 and 30 people that we were half their age, and to be able to convince them that, uh, that this was something worth listening to, and that this new, new world order, this new culture, was something that they should buy into. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you had to go through that experience yourself first, right? You mentioned that, that both of you were a little skeptical, and I, I totally get it. We, we actually just recently launched a uh, business acumen training at Willery just to help us become more consultative uh, besides just the consulting and staffing support we provide to our clients. And the very first topic on the agenda is culture. So yeah. it's, it's so unique that you're, you're mentioning that and how important it was and how you partnered up with HR. So thank you for validating our investment in do, doing that <laughs> yeah. training. It of means course. a lot. So, okay. So without using the word Lauren, the last question that I get everybody out on my uh, podcast is, is how would you describe someone that does HR like a boss? And I was kidding. You can use the word Lauren, but uh, <laughs> I know it'll be one of the main reasons why, but how, how would you describe that? Uh, I really do think it's, it's somebody who puts the, the people back in HR puts the human and human resources. That is so vital to, to meet people where they are, to understand what their emotional drivers are, to understand what incentivizes them. And, and very rarely, all the studies that come out, I, I, I love reading the studies that say people would like a little more money in their paycheck, people would love recognition. And people would love to be able to interact with an organization that they feel cares about them. Um, I'll tell you my organization now, um, the National Association of Manufacturers, culture really does start at the top with our CEO that um, when I, uh, I unfortunately uh, caught the coronavirus very early last spring. Uh, and as soon as I uh, word got out, I got a personal phone call from the CEO of our organization saying, I want you to make sure you take care of yourself. What can we do? What can we do for your family? And he personally oversaw them sending meals to my family for the week that I was in the hospital. Um, and we have an HR leader and we have an HR uh, substrate within that organization, but he is so key on people is where it starts that he would take his time out of the day. So I, I think that that's, um, that's such, such a great indication. Um, professionals like Lauren who do that as a daily basis, uh, leaders like Jay who do that as just as a matter of form of who they are. Um, I will say that we are spoiled being here in the Midwest, um, that we, we grow up around um, uh, habitually nice people. And so I think that we have probably more positive interactions uh, around uh, a lot of the, the HR conflicts that I hear about from other parts of the country or other parts of the world that, um, that we experience them a little different here because there's a, there's a general propensity to be a kind human being to the people around you. Um, but I think carrying some of that Midwest niceness, some of that, uh, some of that culture of, of compassion and caring, but also of demanding hard work. And I think that's something else that uh, a great HR staff that does, uh, that does HR like a boss, they, they want excellence from people. They expect people to have their best. They're willing to provide you the environment where you can be excellent uh, and go out of their way to make sure you have what you need. But at the end of the day, work ethic is such a huge part of any culture. And uh, the best HR folks are the ones who are demanding people um, to really uh, give their all uh, for an organization. Awesome. Yeah, no, so many great points, Chris. I really appreciate you being on. And I know uh, Lauren's listening in, smiling, uh, just hearing with uh, probably a, a slight blush on her face, knowing how humble she is and always 
uh, puts puts the spotlight on others. And uh, I, I appreciate your, your kind words. And uh, a couple things stood out to me, Chris, today. You used the word trust a multitude of times, the importance of partnering with HR from a cultural perspective. Those two things really, really meant a lot to me. And, and uh, I'll take away as, as things that we can continue to do in, in our organization. Uh, you talked about Lauren as being a global human uh, resources resource, an HR resource, so someone you could go to to help out uh, versus that kind of compliance paperwork, I'm in trouble, uh, HR persona. She was there to build the culture, help to make that first impression with her and her team. Uh, she also was critically honest. I liked how you described that. I've, 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 I've experienced some of Lauren's critical honesty, which I <laughs> super appreciate. And um, I loved how you talked about her never meeting a stranger. Uh, I, I try to incorporate that in the way that I interact with people. And, and I, maybe, maybe that's why we have a connection with Lauren, because you feel the same way. Uh, also can be a cultural chameleon. Um, and this kind of transition you went through uh, with the Erico Pen Air deal of kind of family feel to kind of a corporate, well, you know, Wall Street publicly traded business and, and the, the, the impression and the investment that the organization put on of culture and, and how you and Lauren partnered in that. So I really appreciate you being on the show. You did, you did a great job on our very first uh, Someone Impacted by HR Like a Boss. So you'll set the bar for all the other future guests. Great, great. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for the work you and Lauren are doing on this book. I'm, I'm excited to take a look. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating or review. And better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.